Your brain is divided into two halves, positive and negative, good and evil. It don't function on nothing else. Ain't no neutral ground in your brain. It's either positive and good or negative and evil. Each half of your brain has millions of factory workers on each side. You got a million factory workers on the positive side. You got a million factory workers on the negative side. At the forefront of each one of those factories in your brain is a foreman. You got foreman positive and you got foreman negative. You are in charge. You're the boss of the factory. So let me show you how this works. You got a remote control. You go to your house tonight and you press that power button and you press it. You expect TV to come on. Listen to me. You press the power button, you expect the TV to come on. If you want to watch HBO, and HBO is channel 300, and you press 300, and then you press select, what do you expect to come on that TV? And what comes on that TV? Okay, you follow me now. They got this concept from the Bible. Because God said a man is as he thinks. And since he created all of us in his image, guess what? We are how we think. If God said, let there be light, it was light. If he parted the waters from the land, it was, it was done so. He gives you the same power to produce. You can't make a world, but you can make your own world. So now, since your brain is in two halves, let me show you how this works. You wake up in the morning and you say, man, I don't feel myself today. I got up on the wrong side of the bed. I'm not a morning person. Forming negative. Hurry hears that. He steps to the front. He said, what did you say? You say, I said I woke up on the wrong side of the bed today. I'm not myself. I'm not a morning person. He says, you got it right away. He said, hey. The boss just woke up and said he's not a morning person. He's having a bad day today, and he ain't feeling himself. Let's get to work. The million factory workers start producing thoughts to justify what you just said. So now guess what? Man, I hate my alarm clock went off this morning. I got to get out here in this traffic. I'm going to drive down here today. I don't even like these people on my job. Sure, wish I had a new car, but I'm driving this ragged-ass car. And on and on and on. And your day starts tumbling into what you ordered at the top of the day. You could wake up in the morning and you say, you know what? Today is going to be a great day today. I expect something really good to happen for me today. Man, thank you, Lord, for waking me up this morning. He said, what did you say? You said, I said, I'm having a great day today. I expect something good to happen today. Thank you, Lord, for waking me up. Forming positive turns around and goes, all right, let me have your attention. Steve's having a great day today. He's expecting some wonderful things to happen. And man, let's get it going. And they start manufacturing thoughts. Same brain. Man, I can't wait to go to work today. It may not be the job I want, but at least I got a job. I'm so grateful I got a car to drive to work today. Hey, man, at least I got a check coming in. I sure want to thank you, Lord, for this roof over my head today. I appreciate the fact that I don't have a car, but at least I can walk to the train. Man, this is going to be great today. That's how your mind works 
24-7. It never turns off. You have got to change the way you think. It is the whole determining factor of where you go in life. We are all where we are today because we thought ourselves to this position. If you don't like the position, think yourself out of it. Change your attitude, you change your altitude. When you have an idea, when something comes into your imagination, that's not just your imagination. God places everything he has for you in your imagination. Albert Einstein said, imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attractions. So when you have something in your imagination, it ain't hocus pocus. It's actually a preview of a coming attraction that God has for you. He places everything he has for you in your imagination. So if you've been dreaming of your own business, it's because that's what he got for you. If you've been dreaming of a summer home, it's because that's what he got for you. If you keep dreaming of a brand new car instead of a used car, it's because that's what he got for you. He places everything he has for you in your imagination. Imagination is everything. It's the preview to life's coming attractions. Everything in your imagination is God showing you in your mind something he has for you. You can't tell it to everybody. You know why you can't tell it to everybody? Because if you want to kill a big dream, Tell it to a small-minded person. God has shown you some amazing stuff in your life that you thought was brilliant. Then you took it to your friends, friends and your family, and you shared it with them, and they shot it down. You know why they shot it down? Because they couldn't see it. You know why they couldn't see it? Because God didn't show it to them. He showed it to you. Your imagination is real, man. So when I imagine stuff, I act on it. Because then he must want me to have it or else he wouldn't have showed it to me. And then quit worrying about how to get it done. The how-to is none of your business. God in the blessed business, man, you got to go with it. So when you have these things in your imagination, wake up and get into action. Oh, well, I need to figure out. The Bible don't say figure nothing out. The Bible say ask, believe, receive. There ain't no stuff in the middle. Now, you got to be willing to work, but he don't require you to figure it out. The how-to is none of your business. That's all you got to know. How to get whatever you want. Here's what it says if you're ready. It says, ask. That's it. End of notes. Ask. If there's one art in life to learn extremely well, that's got to be one of them. The art of asking. What does ask mean? Ask means. What do you want? Now, let me give you three key points on asking and receiving. This can do it. Number one, asking is the beginning of receiving. Asking starts a unique process, mental and emotional. I don't even know how it works. All I know is it works. It's like pushing a button and all this machinery starts working. I don't know how, it just works. There's a lot of things you don't need to know how. Just work them. Some people are always studying the roots. Others are picking the fruit. I mean, it depends on what end of it you want in on. Asking is the beginning of receiving, so start the process. Here's number two. Receiving is not the problem. Receiving is automatic. 
Now, if that's true, receiving is not the problem. What's the problem? Failure to ask might be one of your major problems. I don't know. Check it out. The guy says, oh, now I see it. I got up last year and hit it every day, but there's not a scrap of paper with my gold. Good work. Poor ask. So you've got to change that. Here's number three. Receiving is like the ocean. There's plenty. Success is not in short supply. It isn't rationed. And you stepped up to the window and it was all gone. No, no, no. It's like an ocean here. Now, if that's true, what's the problem? Well, some people go to the ocean with a teaspoon. Have you got the picture? See, what you want to do in view of the size of the ocean is trade your teaspoon for at least a bucket. And you'll look better down at the ocean. <laughs> Kids won't make fun of you, right? Okay. Now there's two ways to ask, and we'll wrap up goal setting. Two ways. Here's number one. Ask with intelligence. It didn't say ask intelligently, but I'm sure it meant that. Don't mumble. You don't get anything by mumbling. Be clear. Be specific. Intelligent asking means how wide, how high, how soon, when, what size, what color, how much, Define what you want and describe what you want. That's powerful. In the weekend seminar we teach, goals become like a magnet. They pull you that direction. And the better you describe them, the more they pull. So ask intelligently. Here's number two. Ask with faith. That's the childish part of the equation. Believe you can get what you want like a child. Not an adult. Adults are too skeptical. So the formula really reads, make plans like an adult and believe in them like a child. And the most incredible things will happen. Just try it for 90 days. Just try it. You can always go back to the old ways. Just try it. Just 90 days. 90 days. Now here's the last qualifying phrase on goal setting, as we promised to qualify everything. And it simply goes like this. Remember, you won't get everything you want. And we've already studied the reason for that. Simply, sometimes it hails on your crop and rains on your parade. It's that kind of planet. So you won't get everything you want. But if you will work this goal-setting formula, you can get plenty for wealth and happiness. Ask and it shall be given you. Seek and ye shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth. And to him that knocketh it shall be opened. When I'm in my clinical practice and I observe, and this is also the case with my students, is let's say people's lives aren't what they would like them to be. And so then you ask, why? Well, forget about tragedy and catastrophe, because that's self-evident and we're not going to discuss that. Although the degree to which you bring about your own tragedy is always indeterminate. But I would never say that every terrible thing that is visited on a person is something they deserved. I think that that's a very dangerous presupposition, especially because everyone gets sick and everyone dies. But one of the main reasons that people don't get what they want is because they don't actually figure out what it is. 
and the probability that you're going to get what would be good for you, let's say, which would even be better than what you want, right? Because you, know, you might be wrong about what you want easily. But maybe you could get what would really be good for you. Well, why don't you? Well, because you don't try. You don't think, okay, here's what I would like if I could have it. Imagine that you were taking care of yourself like you were someone you actually cared for. And then you thought, okay, I'm caring for this person. I would like things to go as well for them as possible. What would their life have to be like in order for that to be the case? Well, people don't do that. They don't sit down and think, all right, let's, let's figure it out. You've got a life that's hard, obviously. It's like three years from now, you can have what you need. You have to figure out what it is. And then you have to aim at it. Well, my experience with people has been is if they figure out what it is that would be good for them, and then they aim at it, then they get it. But a huge part of the reason that people fail is because they don't ever set up the criteria for success. And so since success is a very narrow line and very unlikely, the probability that you're going to stumble on it randomly is zero. And so there's a proposition here, and the proposition is if you actually want something, you can have it. Now, the question then would be, well, what do you mean by actually want? And the answer is that you reorient your life in every possible way to make the probability that that will occur as certain as possible. And that's a sacrificial idea, right? It's like, you don't get everything, but maybe you can have what you need. And maybe all you have to do to get it is ask. This is a form of prayer, knocking. Sit on your bed one day and ask yourself, what remarkably stupid things am I doing on a regular basis to absolutely screw up my life? And if you actually ask that question, but you have to want to know the answer, right? Because that's actually what asking the question means. It doesn't mean just mouthing the words. It means you have to decide that you want to know. You'll figure that out so fast it'll make your hair curl. Whatever your conscience is. But it's something that you can consult. It's like the Socratic daemon, Socrates said the thing that made him different than everyone else in Greece was that he consulted his daemon, his genius. He asked himself how it was that he should conduct himself in the world, and then he did that, whatever it was. He didn't try to force a solution, you know. He didn't try to force a solution selfishly. He asked, I'm going to manifest myself in the best possible manner in the world. I would like to do that. What would that be? Well, you're perfectly capable of thinking. God only knows how. You're perfectly capable of of, of immense feats of imagination and, and dream and fantasies. God only knows how you do all of that. What would happen if you consulted yourself about the best possible outcome for you? You might get an answer. Well, that's what this proposition is. Life will pay whatever price you ask of it. You know what's interesting? you got to ask intelligently. In the Bible it says, ask and you shall what? Pretty good formula. you got to look into it. But you know what? It says, ask and you shall receive, but I'm sure it meant ask intelligently. I'm sure that's what God meant. I'm sure he didn't mean bitch and you will receive. Wine and you will receive. I don't think that was the instruction. Now, if you were going to ask intelligently, there might be five elements of that. Number one, you'd have to ask specifically, wouldn't you? You wouldn't ask in a general way. People do all the time. They go, I want more money. Fine, here's a dollar. Get out of here. Very often, you're getting what you're asking for. You're just not aware of how general you're asking. Clarity is power. The more clear you are about exactly what it is you want, the more your brain knows how to get there. Your brain, when you condition it, knows exactly what to go for and it'll find a way to get there. 
Do you ever buy a certain outfit or a certain car and suddenly see that car outfit everywhere? How many of you ever had that experience? Say, I. How come that car outfit's everywhere? It always was everywhere, but now you notice it. And the reason is because there's a part of your brain called the reticular activating system, the RAS. That part of your brain determines what you notice and what you don't notice. Your brain spends most of its time trying to make sure you don't notice because you'll go crazy if you notice everything. But when you decide what's most important to you, your brain goes after it. Everyone I know who's successful builds what I call an RPM plan. An RPM is built on the metaphor that the way to get from where you are to where do you want to go to the fastest is you've got to build power like in a car, RPMs. And the R stands for they know the result they're after. They know what they want precisely. If you don't know exactly what you want or you let yourself get beyond that into something general, you're not going to achieve it. Clarity is power. You've got to know the specific result you're after. What do you want? If you can't answer that question right now in your personal life, in your body, in your relationships, in your finances, in your spirituality, then you're not going to be as fulfilled as you want to be. The second part of it, you got to know P, why you're doing it. Because you know what? You may get a big goal. Sometimes I want to make a billion dollars. I want to bring peace to the earth. Why? Because as soon as you come up with a goal, all the obstacles show up. Unless you've got enough emotional drive to break through that, you're never going to discover what it really takes. So you got to get yourself past that. And what you get past that is have enough reasons. Reasons come first. Answers come second. To ask intelligently, you got to ask specifically. To ask intelligently, you got to know why you want it, have enough drive to make it happen, enough juice to make it happen. If you don't have enough reasons, you will not make it happen. And the M is what is your massive action plan? What is going to get you to actually fall through? Because the first plan's not going to work and the second plan's going to work, so you better have enough plans. If the first two don't work, you still got something else. Otherwise, you're going to be having excuses why it didn't work. So asking intelligently requires that. Ask specifically for what you want. Don't beat around the bush. Be precise. Who, when, where, how, what do you want? Specifically, define it. Be precise. The more precise you are, the more you empower your own brain to assist you with the resources you'll need to manifest that result that you desire, as well as you'll be able to communicate to other people what your wants are. They'll be able to help you more effectively. So number one, you must ask specifically. Number two, you must ask someone who can help you. When I first got taught about asking, nobody told me this one. You got to ask somebody who will help you, who has the ability to help you. A lot of people want to, but they don't have the ability. So you say, oh, I asked and I didn't receive. You didn't ask intelligent. You got to ask someone who has the ability to help you. For example, if you have terrible personal relationships, would you go to somebody else who has terrible personal relationships and say, hey, teach me what I can do to change my relationships? Doesn't make any sense, does it? And then you, you ask and it didn't work because you didn't ask intelligently. Would you go to somebody who makes $30,000 a year and say, loan me $3 million, will you? You're going to go, $3 million what? you got to go to somebody who has the ability to help. Okay? Here's the third key. Create value for this person first. Don't just ask and expect them to give you something. Intelligent asking is you try and find a way to fill their needs first or a way to connect the two. Maybe what you're going to do is just fill a need. Say, look, if you support me in this way, it'll support something that you're involved in, you're, that you feel is important. I know by what I know about you. Maybe you try and do something for them. Fourth key, you must ask with congruent beliefs. As you really got to believe that they're going to say yes. If you don't believe they're going to say yes, they're not going to say yes. Because when you ask, your lack of belief will come through. You say, you wouldn't want to help me, would you? <laughs> That's not going to assist them. But if you absolutely believe they're going to say yes, and you believe so strongly, then they'll get that. And they'll begin to think, well, maybe, I, I guess, you know, he must have a reason. They begin to believe that they really should do this. Your belief can affect their beliefs. Your belief can affect their behavior. 
So you want to get really congruent where you absolutely believe they can't say no. Now, the best way to do that is make sure you're adding so much more value than you're asking for that you know they can't afford to say anything but yes. Okay? And the last one, number five, a lot of people do the first four, but they don't do number five, and that is ask until. There's a neat phrase that I think Dr. Schuler came up with. He said, God's delays are not God's denials. So if you ask, you don't receive right now, just keep asking. Asking intelligently means ask over and over again. Ask in a different way. 